Hey everyone, I'm Yasmin Nori, and you're listening to the Behind Her Empire podcast. I'm on a mission to showcase successful self-made women who share honest stories and lessons of what it really takes to create the life you want and build your own empire. If you've been listening to the show, you know, just like you, I've been on my own personal journey to build my empire. I've recently started a new business called Bia that helps women tackle their period problems and hormonal imbalances using a natural whole foods approach. If you're suffering from bad cramps, irregular periods, fatigue, bloating, stay tuned because a little bit later in the podcast, I'll share a bit more about my company, Bia. But for now, let's jump into today's episode. I want to welcome this week's guest, Dorana Elmi, to our show today. Dorana is the co-founder and COO of Symbiotica, a high-growth health and wellness company offering a range of products, including probiotics, vitamins, minerals, and more. Dorana's inspiring journey began when she moved from Afghanistan to the U.S., and defied all traditional expectations imposed on her being a woman. Determined to write her own narrative, Dorana pursued higher education instead of marrying young, forging a successful corporate career in defiance of her father's wishes. In our conversation today, we explore the pivotal moment when Dorana left her stable corporate career to embark on her first entrepreneurial venture. She candidly talks about the challenges and how her and her husband navigated this decision while raising their young daughter at the time. Dorana also walks through the valuable lessons she learned in her first business, which was in an entirely different industry and how she applied those lessons to Symbiotica today. We talk about the early days of Symbiotica when it was just one product, the pivotal moments that propelled their incredible growth, and the steps they've taken over the past few years to get the company to over $40 million in revenue. We also talk about the importance of self-love and the role positive affirmations have had in our life and steps we can all take today to truly manifest the life we want and so much more. Welcome to the show, Dorana. Thank you, Yasmin, for having me here. I know we've already been talking for hours before this, and this is going to be a great one. I've admired your journey. You're just so real and authentic. So I feel like this is going to be such a valuable conversation. And I personally admire you and your business. So you. it's going to be a fun one. So I'd love to actually dive in on something you talk a lot about in other interviews around self-love. This is something that I'm always trying to work on for myself. And I know it's also been a big part of your journey, even from childhood. So I'm curious, how important has self-love been for you and how have you cultivated it in your own life? So I didn't realize uh, what I was doing at a young age, but I have to talk about my childhood really quickly so that um, I can share like what got me through my hardships. My father was really, really strict growing up, um, born in Afghanistan, left there when I was very, very young. And so the cultural differences between the Middle East and here are obviously very different. Well, my father was very, very cultured and I couldn't do like all the traditional things. Hmm. Weekend, go out with my friends, um, you know, high school, go to the gym midweek. I mean, it sounds very, very strange, but he was just so strict. It was like, stay home, don't wear anything short, don't even wear shorts, um, you know, wear pants, stay covered, you know, speak properly, sit properly. Long story short, um, during those hardships in my childhood, I spent a lot of time with myself. Mm. And the first half, I cried a lot because it's like, why is my life like this? Why is my father so strict? And um, I realized that the outcome of my story is truly going to be up to me. So I can sit every night and cry my eyes to sleep, or I can do things that make me feel good. Mm. So I would sit and I would do my makeup. I would do my hair. Um, I would cut out pictures in magazines of like when I have mm. 
time and when I have control over my life, the freedom to do what I want to do, the freedom to go where I want to go, this is the life that I want to build. So at that age, I realized that self-love is the most important thing that you can have in your life for yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, Still today, I spend a lot of time with myself. I do things that are important for me. Oftentimes I meet women and they say, I just don't have time for that. And my response to that is then, first off, I, I think that's not true. I think you don't have time for the things that you aren't making. If it's important enough, you're going to make time for it. And it's got to be the most important thing because if you have self-love, it's first, I think if you do something for yourself, like mm-hmm. for example, I'm very religious about my facials. I'm really religious about my time in terms of my meditation, in terms of like, I just need me time, whether that's going upstairs, putting a mask on my face, or just sitting down with my own thoughts, reading a book, you know, reading positive affirmations. That time is so important for you because when you give yourself that self-love, you can show up to ev- mm. show up for everyone else around you. I believe a hundred times better, hundred times more. Yeah. And so if you haven't made time for it, it's because it hasn't been important to you. Mm -hmm. And I find that it's the most important thing for me. When I had started a family after having my first daughter, I didn't really know how to balance being a mom, work. It was like, I, I was, I was chaos. Yeah. I mean, I wasn't, I didn't feel good. Obvious reasons why I just had a baby, had a lot of baby weight on me. I definitely wasn't doing any of the self-care things that that I enjoy, like going getting my nails done or getting my hair done. Yeah. And I realized just it didn't make me feel good. Mm. And I also had that guilt of like a first-time mom, like, can I leave my daughter? Can I go get my nails done? Can I can I do all the little like a things aesthetically that you want to do or for vanity yeah. that make you feel good? And the first time I did it, I felt a lot of guilt. Like, is she okay? I'm checking the cameras every second, calling the nanny. But when I came home, I felt so refreshed mm. and so empowered. Mm-hmm. Um, so I want to kind of tie something in. Today at our company at Symbiotica, we extend personal training. We pay for it for all of our employees. Oh, I love that. So I we do this. It's not about how you look. It's about mm-hmm. how you feel. And what I share with my employees is, you know, they have the option to go, my, not my, my employees, my team members, they have the option to go morning before they come into work or after, whatever works in their schedule. And I say that if you can do this for yourself, you show up to work and you're the best version of yourself because you've already conquered one thing. Mm -hmm. And that's like your one-on-one time with you, Mm -hmm. whatever goals it is, whether it's, you know, your cardiovascular goals, whether whatever it is, weight goals or just mental goals, emotional goals, that's your time with you. So Uh, self-love, I believe, is one of the most important things that you have to have in whatever journey that you're in. Yeah. Um, it's important. It's part, I believe, it's part of, of your success. If you can't put time out for yourself, mm. then you've got to ask yourself, how are you showing up for mm-hmm. everything around you? Yeah. Oh, that's so powerful. And one thing that you said that really hit me is it is even beneficial for your mental and emotional goals. And I don't have kids yet, but as a business owner, especially I'm so passionate about my work, I automatically go into work mode. Mm -hmm. I'm working so much and I hit burnout. And that was my old MO in investment banking. Like my body just keeps going. But as a business owner, I'm like, this is not what's going to move us 
to the next level. And like, I'm not at happy when I'm nearing burnout, right? So me even taking the time to take that break to work out, even if it's 30 minutes, 60 minutes, I see such a difference in my mental and emotional well-being that I feel like it's going to keep me in the game of business. And yeah. you've been doing this for decades. Yes. So clearly, you, you know. You just gave up my age. No, I, <laughs> I mean, no, you started quite young. No, I'm teasing, I'm teasing. <laughs> but it makes such a difference. And every woman that have sat in your seat, like they have that self-care practice. And I think women, we don't do a good job doing that. You add in a business, you add in kids, you add in partner, friends. Like we usually are the ones that take the back seat. And I'm always trying to say and highlight stories like yours of like, no, like you need to make sure you're good to support people yeah. around you. So I just love that you have cultivated that for yourself. And what's so cool, you know, even though you're going through so much challenge as a kid, you were basically manifesting your life, which yeah. is fascinating, right? Like dreaming. And that's a theme I hear from a lot of women who had tough upbringings is that they would dream and fast forward now, like you've kind of created that life. So it's just really cool to see how it all, you know, ended up working out. But kind of going back to, you know, I know you mentioned your family moved from Afghanistan, your dad was quite traditional. And I know he had certain expectations of you as a woman. When did you start to kind of like push back? Because you didn't really follow that path. And I can't imagine that being easy to kind of go against the grain of a father, a male figure in your yeah. life. So my father and I never had a great relationship because of that. I was considered an outcast, the black sheep. Um, I love asking questions, and I've, I've just, that's who I've been as a little girl. And so I just always ask my father, like, why can't I go out? And culturally, that was perceived as me talking back to him. So um, he was a little bit of an uh, alcoholic by nights, and so he would, he would hit me a lot physically. Um, and it was hard. But I realized specifically one evening, um, he was quite drunk and he was telling my mother that I would never amount to anything. Mm. And I remember sitting on those stairs just crying, saying like, what did I do? What did I do to deserve this? Apparently I will never amount to anything because I won't go by his rules. Well, the reality is I'm not going to live by anyone's rules. I'm gonna live by my rules, what make me feel good, what make me feel empowered. And my dream, his dreams for me isn't my dreams. Mm. Like his dreams would have been for me to have an arranged marriage because he had an arranged marriage and that's very common back home. Yeah. So I realized that I had to do me. And what that meant was I have to do the things that make me feel good. And I know who I am as a person. I know who I am to like the people around me and how I show up for the universe. And what I mean by that is from a young age, I've done a lot of philanthropy work and I've always, my mother has ingrained in me that, you know, you always think outside yourself and you, you give back. Mm. And so I always knew that even if I go against my father, one day he'll understand me one day. It's just not right now. And in that moment where I was sitting in the stairs, I realized that for me, the only way that I can be successful, uh, was not living like, in my home or rebelling or or going back and forth with him, but it's it's getting my education. Mm. So I studied really hard to get accepted to UCLA, went to UCLA and in, in my years in college, I realized like I I anything that I put my mind to, I can accomplish and I can have. Mm. And so it was then where I was like, I want to be a businesswoman. I, you know, and I, I wanted to go into corporate America. So I spent many years in corporate America. But I realized that, you know, you've got to, no matter how hard it is going against, you know, whatever 
expectations are set for you. You have got to do what's right for you. And mm. no one knows better than mm. you. I love that. And so today I, you know, ironically have a good relationship with my father because as I'm older, you know, wiser and I'm like, I really want to understand why is my dad this way? Well, my father was this way because that's how he was raised. Mm. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you've got to understand, like if you have issues with your parents, try to understand their childhood and how yeah. they were raised. So today I actually feel really bad for my father because yeah. I'm like, you just, you didn't know any better. Mm. Your intention wasn't to hurt me. Your intention wasn't, you know, he wanted good for me. He just didn't know how to do it because back home, that's what you would do. Yeah. To protect your child, you had to be strict with them. But here, I believe you can do it a lot differently. And I have two daughters today and they're my best friends. And I want them to have a very good life, but of course, with discipline. And I think there's, uh, you know, a limit to everything. So we have a beautiful relationship, but um, you've got to figure out what what works for you and you got to follow your dreams. And, you know, along the way, you're going to, some people are going to support you and you're going to lose some, but I think the right people will come back into your life and, um, you know, support your journey and whatever dreams or aspirations it is that you have for yourself. Gosh, I like just have goosebumps hearing that. It's so, you know, as I was doing prep with you, I was actually talking to my husband this morning and I'm like, man, like Durana, we had another um, member on the podcast. She's a founder of Mary Ruth Organics and she had a really traumatic upbringing. Her father passed away abruptly. Her brother passed away. She had all this debt. She had to be the breadwinner of her mom. And I just see all this trauma and I'm like, gosh, but you both, for example, pushed yourself out of that, you know, whether it's work for you as education and you've built this confidence for yourself of, whatever, you know, no matter what the situation is, you know, you can get yourself out. And you guys both prove that to yourself very early. And, you know, fast forward to today, you guys have very big, successful businesses, but you have the confidence that you can do anything you put your mind to because you both had to get out of tough situations when you're younger. So it's just, it's interesting because some people aren't able to move past the hardship that it's just very inspiring to see how you both we're able to do that. My husband and I always say you have to welcome. Uh, so there's a book by one of our career mentors at AT&T. It's called Obstacles Welcome. Um, it was written by Ralph De La Vega, who was the former CEO and, and chairman of AT&T. And I love, you know, he's got a very, very inspiring story, also an immigrant to America. But you have to welcome obstacles mm. and challenges. And my mother, I, I give a lot of credit to my mother because she always taught me either you can sit here and victimize yourself yeah. or you can, your outcome can be, it can make you a really strong person. Mm. And I, people always say like, when I get into like the real details of my childhood, they, they, it makes them cry and they go, God, like, I'm so sorry. And I'm like, it's yeah. okay. I'm, I'm so grateful. Mm. I think that anyone that's going through something good or bad, that's your journey. So embrace it. You are going through that because it's supposed to make you who you're going to become. Mm. And the quicker that you can embrace that, the better off you're going to become. And so for me, I've, I always, even today when we have challenges Mm -hmm. in business, I always tell my husband, I'm like, okay, let's, let's take a step back. Of course, this doesn't feel good. We don't like what's in front of us, but we've got to figure out, it just means we have to think differently. We've got to come up with a different solution. So I think that, you know, welcoming challenges and obstacles that come your way it's part of your journey. It's part of the growth of who you're, who you're supposed to, who you're supposed to become. And it's preparing you for, you know, something that's in store for you. 
Hey everyone, it's Yasmin here. In 2020, I was struggling with some debilitating health stuff. I just got off birth control and suddenly I had acne, mood swings, breast tenderness, and really painful periods. I tried so many things, but the one thing that worked was something called seed cycling. I know you're probably thinking, seed cycling? What the heck is that? It's a natural way to support your hormones using four specific seeds throughout your cycle. The challenge is that seed cycling can be a little complicated to do and kind of time consuming. So I decided to make an organic seed cycling product that is so easy to use. We make it effortless for anyone to get started today. It's called Bia and it's a super easy way to add something powerful to your diet to support your hormones, regulate your cycle, and bring back balance. To learn more about Bia and join our community with thousands of incredible women all over the world, go to BiaWellness.com and that's spelled B-E-E-Y-A Wellness.com and check out the show notes for our promo code to get $10 off your first purchase. Thanks so much for listening and now let's get back to today's episode. That's so powerful and resonates so much. I mean, especially starting any business, nothing goes as planned, right? I mean, no. that's part of it. Like you have to just be comfortable with challenges, with setbacks, because that's just the name of the game. And right. I'm only two years in my journey, but I'm like, all right, I need to get better at embracing the obstacles, yeah. embracing the change. And even in our personal lives, things happen. Something might happen to a parent, something might happen to a, a sibling, but life is just full of obstacles. And it's like, full of obstacles. how can you just overcome and kind of play like it's kind of like a game right if yeah. you have the right mentality around it but I love that that's been critical in your life so I want to fast forward a little bit you know you mentioned you spent over a decade in corporate America at AT&T and T-Mobile at pretty you know senior executive positions I'm curious at what point because you know when you're at that phase you're getting paid well you've built mm. your relationships um, you know what you're doing when were you like you know what this is not for me anymore like what was that turning point for you when I started a family and it took me a long time. My mother would say to you that I started very out of, I was too old to have children. And I'm like, mom, no, times have changed. Yeah. Especially for women, it's so difficult because either you are dedicated to, you know, being a homemaker. That's how it was at my time, where it was like you're dedicated to one thing or you're dedicated to your career, you're dedicated to having a family. And so when I had my first daughter, Yasmin, uh, my husband and I, we learned so much about her through the cameras of our phone, which is really sad. But corporate America, for me, uh, for us, we didn't have work-life balance. And I remember telling my husband, I'm like, you know what? If we sit back mm -hmm. and reflect on our lives, we've got amazing titles, great salary that comes every two weeks. I know. Amazing bonuses in the rear. But we don't own our time. Mm. And we knew that we wanted to have a second child and I knew I wanted to have them back and back to back so that they can be close in age. Mm -hmm. um, and what we said to ourselves is, look, we've learned a lot through this journey. We have incredible mentors that we've built. And the one thing that we knew is that both he and I were not afraid to work hard. Yeah, We always reflect and realize just how blessed we are to be here in America. I always say I'm Afghan American and I will never forget where I've come from. So working hard for me is it's truly it's a privilege. The fact that we get to get up every day and and you know choose the course that you're going to go and then you own your time. So my husband and I decided that we're not afraid to work hard. We have learned a lot because we we knew the back end of corporate America in terms of running an operation, sales. My husband ran all the sales for AT&T. Okay. So I had an operational marketing background. 
he came from a very, very strong sales background. He oversaw sales for the East Coast. Mm -hmm. And so we said, you know what? We should resign. And it was like crazy. It was like, really? Are we going to do this? And we said, yeah, why not? Because we're not afraid to work hard. Yeah. We know what it takes to be successful. And then the first business we went into was wireless. So we kind of felt like we already knew. We had the blueprint. Mm. Um, one side of our business, we worked just to to support the infrastructure of corporate America. Then the uh, later half of our career, we helped independent owners build out their stores. So we kind of saw the entrepreneur entrepreneurship side of running a business and mm. operating it because we helped operators operate their businesses and scale their businesses. After about, let's say, eight months after my Yasmin was born, I realized when my daughter's old enough, I've got to be able to tell a more profound story. Then mom makes a lot of money. Mom's got a bunch of beautiful handbags. What's my story? And this can't be it. So we resigned. We resigned within the same week. Wow. Yeah. And for the first like four months, we would wake up in the middle of the night. And we're like, what did we just do? Like, crazy like that was the dumbest thing we've ever done we had a mortgage we had our first daughter but we're like listen like we are going to stick together and I think in a relationship that's the most important thing as long as you guys are willing to stick together no matter what Mm. and he knew like for me I didn't care if it was like okay we both have to go get two jobs right now to to tough it out um we'll do that but we had a, a good saving we had made smart financial decisions so we had some money to help us through that year yeah. and um yeah we had amazing mentors that that also helped us and, and guided us and, and connected us to the right people and so i think for us it was owning back our time that's mm-hmm. what we wanted Mm-hmm. I wanted to own my time. I wanted to be able to do something with purpose. And I want my story uh, to not be about the money I make, but I want it to, the legacy to be about how many women I can touch, inspire, and pave the way for. Mm. And then I want my daughters to know that whatever you do in life, make sure that you're making a positive impact in the world mm. and allow that to tell the story. Oh my gosh mic drop. I don't even know what to say to that. I'm like, where do I start? Oh my gosh. No, that's so inspiring because so many people, you know, whether you have a kid or not, let you have an eight month old kid leaving that corporate job is not something you hear often. You hear a lot of people say, you know, it's too late. I need stability. And then you build this life. You live in a big house. You have that mortgage, you have expenses. And the fact that you and your husband both took this risk is huge, you know, and I do appreciate you saying you had a safety net, right? Like, did you guys kind of have, how much time did you give yourself to try this new entrepreneurship venture? Or did you not think about it like that? We didn't think about it like that. Yeah. We were just like, let's just go. Let's just do it. Because, you know, we we had talked about it. But when my husband was like, you know what? I'm resigning this week. I'm like, okay, let's do it. (laughs) I mean, it was very like on impulse. Yeah. And we were like, listen, at the end of the day, I believe that if you're willing to work hard, yeah. success will come. Yeah. So the most important thing is, you know, believe in yourself, take a chance on yourself and then work hard. And for us, like we've we failed so much. We failed more than we succeeded. And most people want to hear the success story. But you got to talk about your failures. And we were prepared and we were ready to fail. Mm-hmm. So I think if you're prepared to fail and you accept that and you're willing to go through that, you will succeed. Mm-hmm. And what would you say was the hardest part of transitioning from corporate to your first business? Not getting paid every two weeks. Oh, amen. I'm t- that was honestly the hardest it, part for me. It was like, yeah. okay, 
I, I, I would have gotten paid this Friday, but there's nothing coming in the bank account. It made things very, very real. So I think yeah. the hardest thing, yeah. in all honesty, was see when the when when it's not your own company, you're still getting paid, right? But when it's your own company, every single decision matters. Yeah. And in then when you start scaling and growing, it really matters because now you have employees and you're responsible for them. Mm -hmm. um, so I would say that was the hardest thing. And then, um, of course, not knowing if we were going to succeed. It was like, what did we do? The one thing we knew is that we both had a pretty strong resume. Yeah. And so if things didn't go well, we would, could always bounce back and go into corporate America. And we left on good terms yeah. and we had you know, we had, we left with great relationships. Mm -hmm. So we always knew that if things didn't work out mm -hmm. independently, we can go back into corporate America. But I also felt like we were young enough to take that chance. And I think, you know, young, not young as an age, but young in terms of our level of energy, our mindset, uh, emotionally. And so we were like, let's go. Like, what's the worst thing that can happen? I remember we, you know, we grew up here in, in Southern California and we, at, we were both working at AT&T at the time. And we, got moved to the East Coast, Atlanta. Oh, wow. And it was like, what? We're going to move to Atlanta? And, you know, being a gal that grew up in Orange County, lived in LA, moving to Atlanta was like a shocker for me. It was like, no, I can't do this. And I remember on the flight there, I was crying the whole time. It was the best experience we've ever had. And so again, it kind of mm -hmm. goes back to believing in yourself. When we moved to Atlanta, we had no friends, no family. It was the best experience we've ever had in our life because we only had each other. So at that mm. point, you realize, you know, winning or failing is truly up to the two of you. And when we didn't have a support system where it's like, okay, I'm going to go to my family's home, I'm going to go to my girlfriend's house. But again, it was like, you got to just take that chance on yourself and you've got to um, really be clear on your vision and what it is that you're trying to go after. Mm -hmm. I love that because even before you guys went off and started your business, you were kind of like creating businesses within AT&T, like getting up and moving, not knowing anybody, yeah. like only having each other to grow something. And I think there's so many experiences that someone can take from corporate. And it, it, it also is you putting yourself in different situations that I think can benefit you starting a business because you learned, all right, like with hard work, we know we can make it happen. Okay, I'm in this new situation. Yeah. It's difficult, but we made it happen. And then that gives you the confidence to kind of take the leap a little bit, even though it's still not easy. But it's interesting. The two-week pay for me was like the biggest adjustment. I mean, it's crazy because I know, you know, you guys have also self-funded your businesses. You know, I've decided to reinvest the money back in. Mm -hmm. And so even though I'm not seeing the money necessarily in me, I'm putting in an employee. An employee wants promotion. I'm like, all right, I'm going to have to now channel that money there or mm -hmm. hire. And it's still for me tough, but it's it's actually an interesting starting a business because you start to realize all the things that you need to work on. And money is definitely something that comes up for me. And I realized I was so attached to the financial success I had in the past because I always did well for myself. I always made my own money. I didn't, I had this narrative. I didn't need a man to pay for anything. And then, you know, obviously now switching over to my business, it's doing well, knock on wood, but it's just a different currency of money. And this actually takes me to another question. How have you shifted the way you thought about success? So before, you know, mm -hmm. similar to me, I've thought more money, more promotions, and then we realize that's not happiness. But how has your definition of success shifted? I, I love that. I used to be like that as well, by the way. Yeah. I was like, to the left, to the left, yeah, I make my yeah. own money. I know. Like, I get my own bags, my own stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I, I, when you said that, I'm like, whoa, I can really connect with you on that one. Um, 
So when I was younger, pre-family, I'll be honest with you, success was defined as how much money I made, the title I had, the next promotion, and then how much stuff I can accumulate. Stuff meaning like bags. I was like, all of us girls are into something, but it was like bags and shoes. It was like, what's the next Chanel bag? And after having my second daughter, success was redefined. For me, success is owning your time. Success is defined by how people feel when they're around you. Mm, I love that. That's really important for me. So today, uh, I think Symbiotica is wildly successful because of our culture, because of how people feel when they show up to work. I'm very big on respect and there's or everyone at my in my in our office we're a team we're a family. I always say to them I spend more time with you than I do with my children. We're going to have love and respect. There's no other option. Mm-hmm. It's like your children, right? They're they're there's like I love my parents. We may not agree or disagree, but I still will always love them. So, I think success is determined by your time. It's it's also success is doing something you're passionate about. And today I love what I do, mm. love what I do. Um, whether you know we're building a PowerPoint, going into a meeting, talking about products, development of products, every single thing, every single day, I'm like, I'm really truly living a dream. Like I get to wake up every day and do what I want to do. Mm. And I used to always say, do what you have to do to one day do what you want to do. And I truly believe that I, I was saying to Tate on the way up here, I used to commute two and a half hours each way to work, each way. Wow. I lived in Southern, I lived in Orange County and I used to drive out here to Culver City. That was like every single day, but I had to do that. I believe in your own journey, you've got to pay your dues. And I do feel like we've paid our dues. And today I love what I do. Mm. And when I see and I feel the difference we're making in people's lives, I'm like, wow, I feel I feel successful. Not it's not the numbers, it's not the sales, it's how we make people feel. It's mm-hmm. the difference we're making in people's lives. Ugh. That to me is like, wow. And then Yasmin today today, Yasmin is 10, our, my youngest daughter, Ariana is eight and a half, and they understand everything I do. Everything. Love that. They mimic my moves, they mimic the way I speak. And actually they see, like a lot of people say to me, your children are so polite and they're so kind. And I'm like, well, that you learn that at home. So I feel successful in my marriage. I think that's really, it's a hard balance, especially, you know, yourself being an entrepreneur, balancing what you love and then not, you know, compromising your relationship. I've been mm. married for 23 years to my best friend. I'm so blessed to have him in my life. He's, he's actually Ranyan. Yeah. We shared that earlier. But remembering that my relationship with him is very, very important. I think that when you have a family, it's very easy to always have your mom hat on and want to be there for your for your children. I always tell my daughters, do you know who I love the most? And they're like, me, me, me. And I'm like, daddy. Yeah. And people are like, I can't believe you just said that to your kids. <laughs> and I'm like, no, it's the truth. Because without the foundation of our love, that's everything. That's, I think, the most expensive commodity you can give your children is time and the love between you and your significant other. Because mm-hmm. that's the first touch point, the first... That's that's how they they learn about love and respect. And if that's their foundation, then they're going to be successful in life because mm-hmm. they know they have love mm. and they see love between mom and dad. So I, I lost track of the question, no. but success to me is also like there's there's a 
personal. So I think I look at success in three ways. There's the business success. Uh, and for me, I would define that as our professional success. And that is how I make people feel when we come in contact, like how, like the more successful people are in my office, it feels like a very, it's very personal for me. Yeah. Uh, Tate and I were also talking on the way up, but if someone's having a bad day in the office, I take that really personally because I want to know why and I want to know how I can fix it. And I think that we all have a lot of power within ourselves to make someone's day better. Mm -hmm. So on the work front, it's our culture, it's the people. Personally, for me, it's spending time with my children and also working on my relationship with my husband. Um, people say 23 years, it's a lot of time to be together and to go through so much from our college days to our corporate days to starting a family to working together. Mm. And I always say it's a relationship is for me, it's, I'm not saying it's a job, but it's like the mindset of work. You don't go to work and say, I'm going to do what I did yesterday. You say, hey, I'm going to be better than yesterday. I'm going to do something a little different to get a different result. Mm -hmm. So I think every day, what can I do a little different in my relationship that would just make my relationship a little sweeter? So I work at my relationship um, and you know, I make sure that no matter how busy life gets, yeah. I take time for he and I and we do our date nights. And even if that doesn't necessarily mean we're going to go out to like somewhere fancy, it could just be like we're going to go to the movies or we're going to go on a walk. But that's really important for me because that is like when I look at what's made me who I am, it's yeah. my parents, it's my husband, it's my children. So it's, you know, the community of people I have around me. So to take time out for all those folks that have, you know, been your foundation, I mm. think is very important. Oh, and that just reminds me like, choosing your significant other is one of the biggest decisions you in can life. make. And I got married a little bit later and I always knew that. But now that I'm in a relationship and it seems like, you know, you guys have been together for 23 years, that foundation can be so critical to just your overall growth and success. Like even with the support of my partner, I can do everything. I can have a podcast. I can run a business. Like if I didn't have that support, and of course you don't need a significant other for that. You can have friends, but it just shows like how, who you surround yourself with, whether it's your partner or your friends is just so, so crucial. So I love that you put in the time for your husband, you nurture that relationship. Me and my husband joke that we're like, all right, you must, you had a tough day, but like no left, don't give me the leftovers, yeah, right? Because you yeah, show up yeah, with your yeah. employees and yeah. you're happy, you're there, you're incredible. And it could easily be ex an exhausting day and you come home. And you know, some days I might be like that. And then we're like, all right, no leftovers. I'm like, you're right. Let me I like love that. No leftovers. Yeah. That's it's great. like, why do I get the leftovers? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, you and it's a good that. like trigger. And I'm like, all right, let me take 10 minutes to like regroup because I'm right. tired and then show up as your best self. Um, but I love like just how you guys have nurtured your relationship. So we have not got into your recent business. We talked a little bit about it, but tell me more about how the evolution of Symbiotica happened. I know it was a little serendipitous. You guys were in a different phase of your life, but yeah. kind of paint the picture for us. So we were living in Atlanta at the time, and my husband and I at this point were on our fourth business, and he and I, uh, with our daughters, came out to Orange County and decided to just visit friends and family, and he ran into a high school friend of his, uh, Shervine, who's our partner. And Shervine uh, at that time, you know, was like, hey, uh, he loves the science side of things. He's uh, very good at what he does. He's uh, behind it. And then my husband and I, we love starting businesses, scaling them, building infrastructure. Uh, I love the people and the culture part of it. So we were talking to him and it was like, hey, let's join forces. We He had uh, 
had started this this company and he had one product oh Omega. so he had a product okay he had a product and when we kind of sat back and took a look at how the business was was being run we were like there's a lot of upside here because that's not that was not Sherveen's his skill set is the formulation side of things, the product side of things. Mm -hmm. And so we were like, you know what, this, we also have always lived a very healthy lifestyle where health and wellness has personally been very important to my husband and I. Mm -hmm. So it very much aligned with our own personal values. And um, we said, you know what, I think this could be a really good marriage. So as we reflected back on, you know, what where we believed we can take what I call symbiotic, a 2.0, the upside was tremendous. Number one, um, we, my husband and I, we always say, in order to know like where you're going, you must know your competitive landscape. So when we took a, we dissected the competitive landscape, there were, you know, there is no company today that's doing things in with transparency, um, you know, with no synthetics, with no fillers. So we said there is a massive opportunity for this in the marketplace. Mm -hmm. We love everything that this could represent, that this could become. And we felt like the marriage between the three of us was a really great partnership because we all bring something very different to the table. Yeah. So Shahab and I were, you know, we run everything on the business side. We show up to the office five days a week and we're very engaged with every department. And so like we all bring something so different to the table. We went from, you know, one SKU to 37 SKUs. Wow. And after the first product, you know, Again, we started building infrastructure. We was like, okay, like let's get customer feedback. Let's see what our customers are saying. What was your first feeling. product? Omega. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, and after we started marketing what Omega was, the benefits of that, mm -hmm. we started educating our customer base, the more interest we were receiving. And that's when we realized, okay, we've got to you know, launch another product and, and what's kind of, what, 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 what's the need out there? Mm -hmm. Um, so, you know, from one to, to 30 something, and we, we recently launched home care. I saw. Um, that. and in the beginning we were a supplement company, but we've really changed. We're no longer a supplement company. We're a lifestyle brand. Mm -hmm. We're a movement. So for us, when I think about what that means for us as owners and operators who funded this, who is, you know, you know, self-funded this company and who have founded this company. It's about your lifestyle. It's about your whole lifestyle. True. It's about the supplements you mm -hmm. take. It's about the products you use in your home. It's about mm -hmm. what you're giving your children. And for some, their pets are their children. What are you giving your pets? Like all encompassing. We want to be the solution to health and wellness for you, your home, and your family. Mm -hmm. And so it's been a beautiful, beautiful journey. It's been a lot of hard work, a lot. Um, I always say, I'm don't don't let the the hair and makeup fool you. I'm yeah. very tired. Yeah. But uh in order for something to, you know, anything to be successful, you've got to be prepared to to fail, which we have. We failed a lot, but we won't give up. We just continue to get up and rise mm -hmm. uh, even taller. And um, we believe in ourselves and we believe in what we're doing. Yeah. Um, we are so grateful for the internal community we have at Symbiotica, which is our mm -hmm. family at work, and then our external community, which is our customers. They've believed in us. And I love what you said earlier. As we've been successful as a company, we've reinvested that back into the company. Mm -hmm. And so there's been some a lot of 
tough times where it's like you look successful sure and yeah we, yeah we are we're successful but when you reinvest that back into your infrastructure infrastructure back into your company back into your teams the the money's tight because mm -hmm. you're putting that back in so we just have always known that was the right thing to do and then during covid as everyone you know kind of pulled back their businesses their offices we decided at that point we were going to go all in incredible and that's when we went into an even larger office space. We built out the teams. The infrastructure got larger. We brought in everything in-house. And mm -hmm. yes, we took a chance on ourselves. But the culture at Symbiotica is every single person is incredibly passionate about what they do. Mm -hmm. Whether you're in marketing, customer experience, fulfillment, IT, um, you know, operations. We love what we do. And I truly believe that that's what our customers and our community feel. Yeah. And... Um, I do all the last round interviews of the company. It, my, my team calls me a face reader. I didn't know what that was. I'm like, what's a face reader? But um, I think, you know, Tate would attest to this. We've got the most amazing I people in the office. Like I love to come into work with them. I love their energy. I love what they stand for as a human being. I love the way they make each other feel, the support they give. So it's truly like, I, I think I'm living a dream in a playground and I'm just having fun. I love that. And you mentioned, you know, obviously fast forward, you guys have 30 plus SKUs, which is just incredible. But when you guys were just one product, you mm -hmm. joined in with Shervine. You mentioned in another interview that in the early days, you know, there were some times where the sales weren't there, right? Yeah, like yeah. we all know what that's like, especially right. when you just first launched. So take us back to the time. And what do you think were maybe like one or two inflection points where you're like, okay, like we're onto something. You mentioned, you know, education, but kind of going back to those early days when you guys were figuring out, all right, like how do we move what he's created to Sym Symbiotica 2.0? Okay, first I would say that the upside was, there was a lot of upside there because yeah. there really, there was no office. Um, there was only one employee. Sure. There was no tech behind anything that was being done. So for us, the upside was tremendous. And when we started developing tech behind how we were doing things. Mm -hmm. And we realized that education is key. Yeah. Like every other company is trying to sell something. We don't wanna sell anything. We wanna educate our customers and mm -hmm. we hope through the education, it can reroute them back to our products. So once we started building a stronger infrastructure for the products, for the company and for the brand, we realized that there is a, a need for this in the marketplace. Yeah. There was no competitive landscape. And then B, the feeling we got mm -hmm. from the customers that were giving us feedback in terms of like, wow, the difference this has made in my life and how I can now show up to the people around me was so inspiring that we were like, let's go. Mm. Like we need yeah. more products. We've got to show up for our community in a bigger way. Yeah, It's not just going to be Omega. Mm -hmm. um, and then again, it's, you know, um, really um, believing in what you're doing and when those sales weren't showing up, we we didn't give up. We were just like, you know what? We've got to do things differently. Yeah. Um, and we we started when I mentioned we started reinvesting back into the company. We initially started with the three PL, okay. which is like a third party logistics company, and they're the ones that fulfill your orders. It was just not not successful at all. And we realized we've got to bring fulfillment in house. Yeah. And when we can touch that box mm. and that order for our customers, it's a very personalized experience. You know, again, taking your customer service overseas, 
very cost effective. But we said, no, we've got to bring that in-house. It's got to be a very personalized experience. Mm -hmm. So when we started doing these little things, uh, we realized the difference it made for our community, the yeah. difference it made for our customers. Our customers realized that it's not that just we're reinvesting back in the company, we are reinvesting for them. Mm -hmm. You know, having an in-house customer service team where you can call and pick up the phone and it's Dorana from last week. It's mm -hmm. Dorana from a month ago. And she knows, you know, what I've ordered. She knows my health journey and she's mm -hmm. there along the way. We realize we're on to something and we've got to continue to invest in what we're doing. And we always say to the team, no matter what we're going through, no matter the hardships, do we all here in this room, in this office, believe in what we're doing? Mm -hmm. The answer is yes. So let's keep going. Yeah. Well, it's really inspiring because you guys, you know, during COVID, a lot of businesses kind of pulled back. You yeah. guys doubled down. Yeah. And you definitely must have that strong self-belief because you have really invested a lot in the company. Like as a business owner, even thinking about, it makes so much sense to bring fulfillment in-house. Yeah. It makes so much sense that you're building the infrastructure on tech because for example, with 30 SKUs, like creating that bundle is not so easy with like mm -hmm. plugins, like yeah. the littlest things that people don't do, but you guys knew that early on to invest in that. And customer experience, especially for a wellness brand, people are coming to you with problems, it's a lot more of a relationship yeah. game um, than just like standard customer service. So it's just very inspiring for me to see you guys like really invest and really take the lead on something because um, sometimes it doesn't work out, mm -hmm. but it seems like you guys really put your foot forward knowing there's opportunity here. And as something that I'm learning as a business owner, sometimes you need to take that financial risk. Yeah. And so I get so nervous. I mean, I lit we have cash that's sitting there and I need to sit down and think, okay, where do I want to allocate that? Right. And nothing is guaranteed, right? But it's just, you need to take risk. You need to test things. So just even hearing you guys at a completely different scale is just very inspiring. Um, so I don't know if any of that made sense, but no, just it what it And just feels. to add to that, the other thing is investing in talent. I think mm. is really important. And then when you invest in talent, believing the talented folks that you've hired, believing yeah. the leaders and saying, okay, well, we're going to provide you with resources, tools, you know, making sure they're aligned with the company's goals, mission, values, mm -hmm. and they're passionate about what they do, and then getting out of their way and having that speed of trust that you've hired someone that's going to do what you've hired them for. So I think that's also really, really critical. Yeah. And, you know, Again, as business owners and operators, you want to know what everyone's doing. But I think it's important to hire the right people and then trust that they're going to do what you've hired them for. Mm -hmm. That's interesting. And also when you say investing in talent, it's people who have been there, done that, like experts. Do you yes. think that's so what really... Mm -hmm. Part of it... I'm sorry. Sorry to interrupt No, you. no, please. No, please. part of it, I agree with you, is experts. And then the other part of it, I believe, is hiring people that have a good attitude and aptitude. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of things, like so there's some niche positions in our company like that are in tech, that may be in finance, where you've got to have a specific skill set for that role. Yeah. But I do think there's a lot of roles where if you can hire someone that's got a great attitude mm -hmm. and is willing to work hard and do what it takes to get the job done, you can teach them everything else. I agree. Gosh, that is like the recipe for success. I can't tell everyone. I have switched careers before I started my business from tech, from finance to tech. I didn't know anything, but I was willing to work hard. I put in the work and then I was running. I was like head of product. I had no business to being head of product at a tech company. But what you said is truly the recipe for. I even tell my team that I'm like, if you want to be here and you like the world is your oyster, yeah, especially yeah, good so attitude true. is right there. But yeah. there's so much opportunity. And I love that you said that attitude and aptitude. It's 
in any situation, um, I think you can bring so much success for yourself. And, you know, I've taken pay cuts to do that. Right. I've left companies where I, you know, drop my paycheck by 40% knowing this is going to be a good opportunity. And in a year, of course it was. So I yeah. think also sometimes you get a little too focused on the financial piece, but if you, we've been talking about reinvesting in the business, but if you reinvest that in yourself, yourself, you can create more value for yourself. So I share that with people too. Like yeah. don't only focus on the numbers, make enough to live. Yeah. Obviously you don't want to have financial stress. You would never want that for an employee or, you know, have that in your mindset, but taking that paycheck if you had to and doubling down on an opportunity in front of you who knows what a year two three four years will yeah. bring back for you so I, I love that yeah and I love that you share that because it truly is it's about it's about the journey so you got to trust the process yeah and in my career again pre-family I chased the money and I always say to my teammates today I'm like there was a lot of many many years I wasn't happy mm -hmm. and so my reflection and my learning experiences don't chase the money and don't chase the title yes right love what you do love the people that you come into work with that for me is much more important everything else will come yeah so yeah that that was amazing that you shared that with people because i couldn't agree with you more no it's so it's so true well i want to talk about you know, your own self-care routine. I know you mentioned a little bit just the importance of you taking time to yourself, right? Especially going into the office five days a week, which major props because you guys are hands-on. There's a lot of people that don't go into the office in their business. So that's just amazing how hands-on you guys are. But how do you incorporate, you know, is there anything that you do daily that kind of gives you the mental space? Because what I've kind of noticed for myself, and we talked about this before the podcast, like running a business, there's weeks where you know, like you were saying, there was an event that you guys had to show mm -hmm. up to. It took a week of nonstop. Like there are some days where it could be really tough, but how do you kind of keep your mental health intact? I take my symbiotica. No, I'm yeah, just joking. <laughs> no, I'm totally kidding. It's true though. I do take Wellness my symbiotica. Is important. Yeah, yeah. It's very important. So uh, first thing that I do is I work out every single day, 30 yeah. minutes. No one believes that, like 30 minutes. And I say, yeah. And I'll tell you why. You've got to figure out what that that window of time is where you can actually show up for yourself. Yeah. I used to do an hour. I wasn't consistent. So mm. I realized the hour isn't the time for me because I can't do this every single day. So then I went to 45 minutes and was still not doing that consistent. So for me, it's the 30 minute window. That's my time for me mm -hmm. to show up for myself. So in the morning when I wake up, I love to quickly meditate and just say a positive affirmation to myself. Mm -hmm. I think that you wake up, you have plans of what your day is going to be, and then some shit happens. And yeah. you're like, what? This wasn't like... And so then you're completely true. derailed from what was on your agenda of the things that you wanted to knock out for the day. So I love to meditate in the mornings and have gratitude in my heart for whatever that's going to come my way. So gratitude, I think, is a big part of my everyday. It's also a big part of that self-love. Yeah. And I get up, I, um, we get, I get the kids ready for school. Mm -hmm. Showing up as a mom is very important for me. So I ask myself, what does that mean in the morning? It's getting my kids ready for school, making sure that they have breakfast. Mm -hmm. And then after I drop them off and I feel good because I've been there for them um, in the mornings. And my husband and I, Shahab, we drop the kids off in the mornings together. We go and we do a quick hit workout, 30 minutes. Mm -hmm. Then after that, I head to the office. Mm -hmm. And when I head to the office, I'm like, I am prepared for whatever is ahead of me. Yeah. I truly love the folks that I work with. Mm -hmm. Love the Symbiotica family. So uh, hire people that you love and want to work with. Yeah, I think true. 
people that you want to spend time with. So um, show up to the office and I know that I have my to-do list of the things that I need to knock out for the day. But I also know that if I don't get through this, it's okay. How do you get there? Like, because logically I'm like, things are always going to kind of happen and we don't even have kids, but business, right? Right. One thing is going to get off the list. Like, I love that you're genuinely okay with that. And as much as I say it, it's, I don't believe it. Like, I still feel a little anxious on those days where I might have not hit those bigger projects that I wanted to just because life happened. Yeah, I think it's honestly, it's the mentors in our lives that I've learned from. Like, they're like, listen, like you, again, I think the thoughts that you tell yourself yeah. is so important. And if I am negative Mm -hmm. to myself because I couldn't get something done, well, there's no way that I'm going to go home to my husband, my family, and and be good Mm -hmm. because I've just... I've just said bad things to myself. Like I'm so down on myself because I couldn't get things done. But yeah. I know that there's tomorrow. Mm. So for me, I want to be present. And I want to show up in the moment, whoever and whatever capacity that I'm around. If I'm at work, I am all in and I'm going to give it my 110%. But when I go home, I'm going to give that my 110%. Mm-hmm. So I think, you know, you just have to know that you got to take it, you know, one moment or whatever is in hand at a time and just know that, life continues. Like yeah. there's always tomorrow. Yeah. And of course, I think that many of us are overachievers and we want to get everything done. But the truth is, is do your best at whatever you have in hand and walk away feeling good about the effort and what you've, mm-hmm. ex- what, you know, what your output was. Mm-hmm. And I think that you leave the day knowing that you, you're winning Yeah. and feeling good about what you do and how you do it. I, I believe is very, very important. Yes. And so that negative self-talk, I think, takes you away. It takes your power away from mm. you being successful. Mm-hmm. And so I've realized just, you know, through through reading, just I used to be very hard on myself. Like, mm-hmm. and then I used to go home and not have a work-life balance and try to go back to doing that. And then I was compromising time with my family. And I realized, no, like, I will be able to do this tomorrow and it's going to be okay. Yes. Um, but it's obviously prioritizing what's important, what's, you know, has it's time sensitive, what has a delivery due date. Um, and so, yeah, I just think don't be so hard on yourself. Yeah. You know, oh. it, it's, it's something you have to work at every single day. But if you are negative about, you know, something that you couldn't do, I ask, you know, I ask you to ask yourself what, what does that mean after you walk away and you don't feel good? So if you're stepping into something else, you're stepping into that and you're already not successful mm-hmm. because you've been so down on yourself. So um, I just think one day at a time, make your list. And if you don't get through it, it's okay. You'll get through it tomorrow. God, I love that. And also you saying gratitude and having perspective, right? Yeah. We can all be hard on ourselves, but what does it look like if you give yourself gratitude for the day? You had that tough conversation with an employee. You won this deal, you know, whatever it is, it's just all how you look at the situation. So you leaving, having perspective, having gratitude, you're leaving already winning. And I think it sounds simple, but that's actually very powerful. And if we can all incorporate that day to day, like life is good. Yeah. And that it's that energy, right, Right. that you're talking about, which is huge, I think, for just general success in life. Right, right. So I love that. And I always say, uh, so I'm really big on manifesting. I know we talked about this briefly, but my husband always says, I'm afraid of your mind because you can manifest <laughs> I love anything. That. And I think that your thoughts, your energy, you know, who you are to the world, 
is very, very important. It's kind of part of that ecosystem of your karma. Yes. So in order to manifest, it's like how mm. how how do you treat people when they come? You know, how do you think outside yourself? How do you give back? You know, do you have gratitude? And mm -hmm. the more gratitude you have, I believe, the more you, you you the more things you desire, the more you can accomplish. And it it's what it really empowers you. So I always say, you know, don't disempower yourself. And that comes from your thoughts. That comes from, you know, if you want to win every single day, mm -hmm. you know, set goals that you can actually achieve. Yeah. And most of the time we set goals that we can't achieve. So it's like, I always say to myself, if I can get these top three things done. Mm. I know, well, first I know I'm going to get them done. I'm going to hit on my fourth, fifth thing on the list. And I feel good about myself. So yeah. set yourself up that, so that you can feel good about what you're doing. Mm -hmm. So you can feel good about how you handle that. Uh, and I, I think that's part of your everyday energy. It's a part of like who you attract, what you attract. And it's for me, it's how I manifest everything. Ugh, I love that. And it completely makes sense. And I believe it. And I love creating approachable to-do lists, mm -hmm. right? We all sometimes, I'm definitely a little delusional. I think I can do a lot. And I'm like, Yasmin, you can, let's just focus on three things yeah. and you're winning. If you can do more, that's even better. Yeah. But I love the way you think about that because you're setting your day up for success. But I want to ask now, what are you excited for? Whether it's your personal life or Symbiotica that you guys are doing? A lot. I know. Um, that you can okay. even share. I feel like my, my mind's everywhere. So um, first, personally, what I'm most excited about is spending the next decade with my best friend and my husband, Shahab. The journey I'm, I'm very excited about. He and I are like, go, 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 go. And you know, recently we've said to ourselves, let's make sure that we stop and we reflect. Yeah. And we take the time to just be grateful for this journey and for what we're doing. So I'm super excited for what's ahead for, for he and I. And I always want to continue evolving all my relationships. Uh, I'm very excited about what's to come here at Symbiotica for our company. So we had home care. We're launching in October, uh, infant line. Oh, how fun. And a children's line. Amazing. I'm very excited about that as a mom. Yes. I'm very excited. So we have... Um, vitamin D that's coming out for infants and children. I'm also very excited because we're launching a pet line. So I'm excited to show up um, and truly be a lifestyle for, for mm -hmm. everyone around us mm -hmm. who are part of the health and wellness journey. That's what I'm most excited about. I'm most excited about truly changing the world one day, one decision, one product at a time. Oh, Dorana, I am just so inspired by you. Mm -hmm. I just can't wait to witness all the amazingness that you guys continue to build. But thank you for taking the time. This was incredible. So appreciate thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for your time. I love what you're doing in terms of your platform, supporting other women really shows a lot about who you are. So thank you for that. Before we even started this, I'm like, I love who you are. And uh, it's just really, really beautiful what you do. So thank you so much for your time today. It was a pleasure. Congratulations on your all your success. Yeah. Um, and I look forward to, you know, staying in touch with you and, and seeing all, you know, all that you've got in store for yourself. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Behind Her Empire. If you enjoyed this conversation, it would mean the world to me if you would consider leaving a review or even sharing this episode with someone who might be inspired to create their own empire. To stay updated on new episodes or join our private community, visit BehindHerEmpire.com to sign up. We send inspiring and short emails every week to your inbox. 
I'll see you next week. And until then, remember, you're always in charge of your own destiny and it's never too late to start your own empire.